Welcome in, no off-seasoners, to another episode of your new favorite fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Jay Anaya, and today on the No Off-Season Fantasy Pod, we're talking the impact of Tim Patrick's season-ending ACL injury and how that affects the rest of the pass catchers and the offense and Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos. Let's dig into this just now. Let's not waste any time. I hope that coffee or whiskey or water or whatever's in your cup is tasting great because it's about to get better. So, Tim Patrick goes down, one of the top four wide receivers in the room in Denver. And really quickly, the Denver Broncos went from having one of the deepest in terms of everyone being somewhat talented you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler. Now, Tim Patrick wasn't like a household name by any means, right? But without him there, I just don't feel like this wide receiver room is no longer in the conversation for the deepest in the league, which with Tim Patrick, weirdly enough, it felt like you could make an argument for it in terms of depth, right? It's not it's not top-heavy like the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver room, where you have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins up top, and you still have a talented slot receiver in Tyler Boyd. It doesn't feel like that anymore. So now who steps up is the question. Who steps up in the Mile High City in what looks to be a brand new offense, right? You bring in Russell Wilson in exchange for Drew Locke and Noah Fant. You also have a brand new offensive coordinator and head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, the new head coach, and the brand new offensive coordinator, Justin Outen. So it's kind of hard to try to project and get a feel for what to expect of these pass catchers and of the backfield. But man, after readjusting the projections as far as targets and target share, it's really hard to pinpoint who's going to be the one to really step up and take those vacated targets. And since we're on that topic, I previously had Tim Patrick projected for around 90 targets, which would have been good for about a 14, 14.5% target share. That is now gone. And the thing is, is sure, I could easily just move those vacated targets evenly among the wide receivers that are already there in Sutton, Judy, and Hamler. But Cortland Sutton, in terms of physicality, is the only one who really matches closely to Tim Patrick. But I feel like I'd be doing everyone a disservice if I just moved, you know, even half of those vacated targets to Cortland Sutton. That would put him over 200 targets, and I'm not doing that. I'm just not doing that. I'm not ready for that. I don't think Cortland Sutton is ready for that. So is it Jerry Judy? Is it KJ Hamler? Or is it Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Or wait for it. Or is it Albert O, who right now, the buzz is it's his position to lose. And I agree. It's always been his job to lose. Once Noah, Fant, no, once Noah Fant left Denver. 
It was always his job to lose. Now, they did bring in a fourth-round pick in Greg Dolchich out of UCLA, who for a long period of time was considered the number one tight end leading up to the NFL Combine. Of course, the chips didn't fall that way. The NFL teams didn't see it that way. So he got drafted in the fourth round. I think he was maybe fourth or fifth tight end. I don't know. Not sure. Nonetheless, he was a day three pick, just like Albert O. But Albert O, according to reports, has been wowing, is leading all of the tight ends in reps with the, the ones in training camp. As expected. So it could very much be that Jerry Judy just makes that third-year leap that other first-round wide receivers make, just like I expect out of C.D. Lamb. I don't have it projected that way yet. Right now, I have him projected for a 17.5% target share, which would give him about 116 targets. K.J. Hamler gets a small bump as well, but he's coming off of an ACL injury himself from last season that ended his season extremely short. So I've only got him pecked for 83 targets. And of course, KJ Hamler is going to get, you know, the prototypical low volume because of his skill set. He's very much more of a deep threat, hardly underneath. At least that's how he was used at Penn State just two years ago. Now, as far as what Justin Outen plans on using or how he plans on using KJ Hamler is a toss up. And speaking of, I don't know how they plan to split the backfield either, but I certainly feel that it's either going to be Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, or Albert O, who's actually going to benefit the most out of Denver Broncos losing Tim Patrick. So if I had to rank it in terms of who this is best for, and that sounds really wrong, coming out of my mouth because I wish Tim Patrick the best. I think Tim Patrick was in line for a really underrated season that no one was going to see. So I wish Tim Patrick well, good vibes your way, Tim Patrick. But, you know, it, we still have to take our analysis on this and who's going to benefit, try to give you guys an edge. And right now, I would say it mostly benefits Jerry Judy right now then Albert O, and then the backfield, mostly Javante Williams and then Melvin Gordon. I think those are the four that it mostly benefits. I would love to say K.J. Hamler, but my fear is the skill set is just too different. And can a speedy player recover from an ACL that quickly and immediately have a bounce-back season the following year? That I don't know. So I think a 12.5% target share for K.J. Hamler, who's essentially going into his rookie season, is actually quite optimistic. I like this offense. It is now going to be a little bit more consolidated when it comes to targets. So as I'm speaking myself through this, I think Jerry Judy is just, he, it's the one, it's his time. We want to be early on this. I think it's his time, that third year, for a first-round rookie wide receiver is usually when they make or break. And I see it happening for C.D. Lamb, especially with Amari Cooper gone.
but I don't know if I see it the same way for Jerry Judy. But what is going for Jerry Judy and the rest of the pass catchers in Denver is they went from Drew Locke, which ended up being a horrible experiment, to a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. Let's ride. So that's it. That's who I think it benefits the most. Jerry Judy, Albert O, Javante Williams, and then Melvin Gordon. Tell me what you guys think. Tell me what you guys think about who it's going to affect the most. I also have a mailbag take for you guys on this short podcast. And I'm excited about this. I want more of you to leave me some voice messages. It's called a speak pipe. It allows you to record your message, your takes. I don't care how cruddy your takes are. Leave a take. And I'll tell you if I like it or not. We'll rank it. We'll rate it. Okay, we'll give it a grade. A is obviously the best. F is an absolute fail. So Bro Namath, my guy out of the Tailgate Fan Club, left us a pretty good one. I think you guys are going to like this one. Let's go ahead and listen in to what Bro Namath left for us. And let's see. Hey, Jay. Bro Namath from Tailgate Fan Club. Trevor Lawrence will be a top five Dynasty QB by the end of the season. Thanks, Bro Namath. A play on words there. Not Joe Namath, but Bro Namath. I love it. Speaking of, I think the Jets make a pretty decent leap. Well, I'll say Zach Wilson makes a decent leap. I don't know about the Jets. I'm looking at that schedule, and it's not favorable for them. It's not. That's a tough schedule. So, he says, Bro Namath says, when it's all said and done at the end of the season, at the end of 2022, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be, I suppose you could say, a consensus or a unanimous top five quarterback in Dynasty. I like it. I'm going to grade it first. I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm going to give it a B plus. Here's why. Right now, I've got Trevor Lawrence ranked number 13th among all of my quarterbacks in Dynasty. Right now, he sits between Tua at number 12, and Mac Jones at number 14. Here's who I currently have at top five, and this is why I don't see Trevor Lawrence being ahead of any of these guys. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, and Justin Herbert. Okay? Now, here are some of the major second-tier third-tier quarterbacks that Trevor Lawrence would have to leapfrog in order for me to consider him a top-five quarterback in Dynasty after this season. I mentioned Tua. That's very possible. Absolutely possible. The Mike Daniels, Kyle Shanahan offense being brought over from the San Francisco 49ers is not easy. That's complex. Tua might take a step back before he takes a step forward, and I do believe in that. He has the weapons, absolutely. And I think Chase Edmonds is going to be a very good running back behind Tua. And I think he's going to be pretty solid in fantasy football as well at his current ADP. Dak Prescott, 
I'm in on that. I think, Tre- I think Trevor Lawrence passes Dak Prescott in Dynasty this year. Dak Prescott was a top 10 quarterback in fantasy last year. In a year in which he led the Cowboys to having the number one scoring offense in the entire league. So you would think that is either the peak or close to Dak's peak in terms of performance and in terms of fantasy. Is it really going to get better? You're only losing about 9 to 10 touchdowns with Amari Cooper gone. But now you go from Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Gallup, and now you look in your wide receiver room and it's CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, half a season with Michael Gallup at James Washington. I'm not so sure that Dak's going to be able to be any better than he was last year. Matt Stafford, I can see that. 100% I see Trevor Lawrence potentially leapfrogging Matt Stafford. And that's even before the injury news of the elbow tendonitis that he's apparently experiencing at this time. Tendonitis, and I'm no doctor, I'm no medical professional, but tendonitis tends to be something that kind of lingers for a long period of time. So it's not that Matt Stafford is going to be toast or that he's done. It's that he's, it's going to be something he has to play through. Week in and week out, Matt Stafford's going to have to play through that, meaning he might not be the same. He still has Cooper Cup. They brought in Allen Robinson, which I think was an amazing signing. And keep Allen Robinson on your radars in fantasy football as well. A decent mid-round value for a guy who's been averaging 125 targets a season, even even with including his atrocious season that he had last year with the Chicago Bears. 125 targets a season. Now he's going to be catching passes from a former Super Bowl champ. Oh, and by the way, that's the best quarterback he's ever played with since Blake Bortles. Yes, since Blake Bortles. I see him leapfrogging all of these guys. Deshaun Watson, that's an easy one. Deshaun's not playing this season, most likely. He's suspended for six games right now. The NFL has appealed that, basically saying the arbitrator that we chose, the third party that we chose, we didn't like the duration of her suspension recommendation, so they're appealing it. So now there's a report out there saying that now we're looking at a minimum of maybe 10 games to a season. No matter how you slice it, that's not good for Deshaun Watson. So yes, Trevor Lawrence playing a full season and Deshaun Watson playing no more than potentially six games, seven games. Yeah, I can see Trevor Lawrence leapfrogging Deshaun Watson after this season. Now, if Deshaun Watson comes back to form, Deshaun Watson might very well end up being a top five quarterback at the end of next season. Next up, number eight, Russell Wilson. Again, this is another quarterback who is, although a future Hall of Famer, he's on a brand new team, brand new offensive coordinator, okay? The past two seasons, we've seen two veteran, potentially Future Hall of Famers, well, I say potentially, Tom Brady is very obviously Hall of Famer. Matt Stafford, not so sure if we're there yet. 
but those two quarterbacks have switched teams and then on their first year with that team have brought in the hardware and the Lombardi Trophy. Here's why I don't see that happening for Russell Wilson. Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay and Bruce Arians was still there. There was continuity in that offense. It was simply removing Jameis Winston and plugging in Tom Brady. Now, with the Los Angeles Rams, similar situation. Sean McVay was still there. It wasn't a brand new OC. It wasn't a brand new head coach. Matt Stafford just filled the void that Jared Goff had left when they were traded. So that's why I think there's very different situations. Very different situations. Russell Wilson has to overcome not only moving to a new team, but also learning a new system in which his wide receivers are learning as well. And that his backfield is learning as well. And his center and his offensive line are all learning. I don't think we see the immediate success in Denver as the rest of the media may be hyping up to be. I think they're eventually going to be good. But this season, not sold on it. Now it gets very interesting. Trey Lance, who has now been confirmed as the starter in San Francisco under Kyle Shanahan who's going to get the most out of his rushing quarterback. I think Trey Lance is going to explode this season. I really do. I'm in on that now. I truly am. And because of the rushing upside of Trey Lance and the quarterback I have at number six, I don't, I don't see Trevor Lawrence jumping either one of them. And number six is Lamar Jackson, who I think is on a roster right now very similar to 2019, in which, if you remember... He won the MVP. And yes, he ended up losing in the playoffs. But if you look at that game and you watch that game, Lamar Jackson was running for his life. It's easy to put blame on the quarterback because that's what they are. That's what they do. They're the face. They are your saving grace when you win. But they're also the scapegoat when you lose. So MVP Lamar Jackson was definitely the scapegoat for the Ravens defense in 2019 when they lost their playoff game Lamar Jackson had to throw two times his average of pass attempts in that same season in the game that they lost in the playoffs and why am I harping about that because I think we're looking at a similar team from 2019 for Lamar Jackson so I think he's going to show once again that he is one of the most valuable players in the entire NFL so, no, I don't see Trevor Lawrence leapfrogging them two. But everyone else I mentioned, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Tua, I'd be lying if I said I don't think he will leapfrog them. I do. I do. Doug Peterson, in. Urban Meyer, out. Travis Etienne, in. Christian Kirk, in. Smells like a recipe for success. Doug Peterson, in case you forgot, guided Carson Wentz, who was on 100% an MVP-type season in 2017, got hurt late in the season, tore his ACL, Nick Foles stepped in, and Doug Peterson did not sweat. He embraced the adversity, 
and he allowed Nick Foles to control that offense and took them to a Super Bowl in 2017. Those are not the expectations I have for the Jacksonville Jaguars under Doug Peterson. But if last year under Urban Meyer was the worst that we're going to see of Trevor Lawrence, wow. Then Trevor Lawrence is going to be absolutely special a lot sooner than later. So, bro, Namath, B-plus take, B-plus. But there's just too many good quarterbacks who can throw and who can kill you with their legs. And I, Trevor Lawrence is sneakily athletic. He can definitely outrun some defensive linemen and linebackers. He can throw on the run if needed. But in terms of fantasy, I cannot see myself putting him over any of the following. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, or Trey Lance. Can't do it. Tell me what you guys think in the comments. Who benefits the most out of the Denver Broncos, Tim Patrick ACL season-ending injury, and is Trevor Lawrence going to be a top five dynasty quarterback after this season, says Bro Namath. Not I. Not I. I'm close, but not me. I appreciate you all stopping in for another episode of your new favorite fantasy football podcast. I'm your host, Jay Anaya, and I will catch you guys on the next one. 